Welcome to Benevolence, where kindness matters and all are welcome to the table. I'm your host, Ceci Diaz. If this is your first time tuning in, welcome. Benevolence Podcast is a ministry where we uplift and encourage through testimonials and conversations that are important in our Christian walk. I pray that as you tune in every week, you are blessed, empowered, and encouraged to be the best version of yourself. You are tuning into episode six. You are not buried, you are planted. On this episode of Benevolence, I have a very incredible young lady who will be sharing her story with us. I've known her for many years and have witnessed her grow into an amazing woman of God. She's a beautiful individual who shines the light of Jesus to all of those around her. I've been following her for many years and her transparency and realness about her life is inspiring. And what I love most about her is how she celebrates the victories of others. And that is part of what Benevolence is all about. So without further ado, I have Carla Castro Lopez joining me at the table today. This conversation was recorded digitally due to our season of social distancing. So make sure to sit back, relax, and enjoy this inspiring episode with Carla Castro Lopez. Enjoy. Hey, Carla. I just want to say thank you so much for joining me on an episode of Benevolence. Um, I'm just so honored. I know you're, you're going to speak and you're going to say you're so honored to be here, but like I'm truly, <laughs> truly honored to have you um on on benevolence finally um I've been like I think I the last time we spoke like I've had you in my heart for for like a few seasons and I'm like dang like I need to get this girl on my (laughs) podcast so she can share like her story and she can share what God has done in her life because um you're just so transparent and everything so thank you thank you for your I'm so excited to be here. And just like you mentioned, I think the honor is all mine. And I know that this is such a God thing because I think that behind the scenes, we were both wanting to do this with Mm -hmm. each other. And so I think um, this is just such a God thing. And I'm so, so excited to chat with you today. (laughs) Um, So yeah. (laughs) Awesome. Thank you. So before we begin, um, go ahead and tell our listeners a little bit of about you. Of course. So um, my name is Carla. If you want the full thing, my last names are Castro and Lopez. Don't let my mom hear me just say Castro because <laughs> she will be so mad. She's like, you have two last names, okay? I didn't change my name, so I'm not a Castro. So I am Carla Castro Lopez. I am 22 years old. In a few days, I will be 23. Uh, I was born in Puerto Rico in Maya West to be more specific and I lived there for about eight years and then I moved over here to Florida. Um, I am a pharmacy technician over at the um, Center for Living Well, which is a very small clinic for all the Disney cast members. So all of you Disney lovers, um, if you're a full-timer, you'll see me there. <laughs> um, and Um, Outside of that, which is my career job, I have a business. Um, I am a local hashtag shampoo dealer, and we can talk (laughs) about that a different day. Um, And I serve in my church. I attend New Birth Church, where I am mostly involved in the missions team. I help with anything creative or any kind of media-related things. I'm the one that usually they they reach out to you to get it together. Um, and yeah, I am the oldest of three sisters. <laughs> and 
and they are, I was, I think I told Ceci this when we first spoke, but they are my living, walking birth control because <laughs> they are so, they are intense and the Lord has gifted them to me and I love them so much. Well, my goodness, power to you, Ceci, for being a mom <laughs> yes. and girls are not easy. So yeah, that's a little bit about me. <laughs> that's awesome, Carla. Thank you so much. Um, so I don't want to waste any more time. Um, initially, you know, Benevolence Podcast is about lifting up others and just giving everyone an, an opportunity to tell us their story. So I just want to go right into it. I want, I would like for you to just share what's, you know, what God has placed in your heart. Um, I know in our last conversation, you kind of gave me like a, a synopsis of, what you wanted to talk about and, and how has God brought you to where you are today? So without further ado, just <laughs> go ahead and just get started, you know, telling us your story of what God is. So yeah, just a little bit, um, of, a um, just sharing our testimony. I think that's such a powerful and strong thing. It brings us together. So like I said, I was born in Puerto Rico and I moved to Florida when I was either I was about to turn eight or I was already eight. I can never remember, but I know that I was eight. Mm -hmm. (laughs) Um, and, um, it was a bit of a transition for me. Um, I, I mean, I was young. I didn't really know what was going on. All I knew was that I was leaving my friends and my family and we were moving over here and we were starting from scratch. My father had already moved here for a few months before me Um, My mom and at the time, my middle sister, she had just been born. She was a newborn baby. So we moved over here. I have always been in church. I don't remember a time where I was not in a church, um, where I I didn't see my parents lead ministries. My parents passed down uh, their love for worship and their uh, dance skills Mm -hmm. because I remember being in all the dance practices where they were in. And they were just such great, great leaders. And I think that that passes down um, even in in our family. Um, And so, yeah, so we moved over here and I um, adjusted. I was the only one that spoke English because in my school in Puerto Rico, my classes were in English. Um, So like all of my books and stuff. So uh, my parents were, I'm going to put them on the spot, but they were the (laughs) parents that would go to Walmart and say, you know, they would add Asian to everything. Like, <laughs> I want some soup. So say, so they would say, I want some sopation mm-hmm. or something like that. So that was fun. Mm-hmm. Um, but ever since we moved over here, um, I want to say I knew, or and not that I knew, but I just, now I can understand that God always had a plan with me. He always had a purpose with me um, because um, even my first school ever, um, I was a little bit bullied, um, because I looked different and my clothes weren't brand new and my hair is, was crazy and I had an accent. And so people would point at me and make fun of me. Um, and I always loved school. So actually my, I, I came into third grade and my teacher, the reason I moved from that specific school was because my teacher uh, had a, a parent-teacher conference with my parents, 
And he told my parents, you know, your daughter is very gifted. She is very smart. And I think that if you want her to thrive, then she should go to a different school because this school is not providing um, what she needs. And so I moved and then everything all started. (laughs) Um, But yeah, so like I said, I've grown up in church. Um, I was part of an amazing church, a very big church, but it is amazing. Um, and I have experienced a little bit of everything. So I don't know. What else do you want me to share, Ceci? Well, from your time in Puerto Rico till you moved to Orlando, you know, how, cause you know, I grew up in church as well, but yeah, relationship with God wasn't like, I knew of God because I heard the, weekly preachings and all of that, you know, went to Sunday school, but I didn't have that relationship. So yeah, how did you encounter God for the first time? How did, you know, you accept him? Because sometimes we have this misconception that just because like we go to church or we, you know, we're raised in church, we're automatically Christian, but we yes. actually have Absolutely to have not. <laughs> make that you know, we have to make that decision. So if yes. you can share, like, how did you encounter God for yourself? So I, um, like I said, I moved here when I was young and, um, it wasn't until I was about 13, 12, 13 years old, um, that I guess I kind of understood a little bit more of what it meant to have a relationship with the Lord. Um, and, um, I started getting a little bit more involved at church. I used to help my parents in children's ministry, um, and stuff like that. And so, um, I remember it was a missions convention and I remember it was just so powerful. And at the time, the church that I was in, our conventions were for like a week long and for the entire week, they had guest speakers and they had dinners and events and it was just so awesome. And, um, we would have like a celebration Sunday and everyone would dress in their like very cultural, um, outfits. Um, so I remember one of the services, um, there was a a guest speaker that was preaching and oh my God, it was so powerful. And I remember I was sitting with my family all the way at the end of the bench of the benches in the church. And, um, this person was speaking and I felt like he was speaking straight at me. And so I remember, um, him just kind of wrapping up and he was saying like, um, you know, if you've never accepted Jesus as your Lord and savior, et cetera, et cetera. And I had already taken that step of step of faith. Mm -hmm. Um, and prior to that moment, I had, um, gotten baptized with the children's ministry and all of that. Um, but it wasn't until that specific moment, I literally felt the Holy spirit just like pounding, like, um, a lot of the times we hear, I hear at church, like, you know, God is a gentleman and he knocks at the door. And I literally felt like the Holy spirit was like knocking so hard at the doors of my heart. Mm -hmm. Um, and so I just remember the the speaker saying like, um, you know, if you feel the Holy Spirit, you feel him like in your heart, then please come up to the front. Um, and I remember before he even finished the calling, I was running towards the altar and I was sobbing. I was like, oh my God. And I just felt this thing in my chest 
Mm-hmm. And I remember I just kept saying, God, thank you. Like, God, I don't really understand what it is that I'm feeling. I don't know what's going on, but I have, I know like I've, I've seen enough um, evidence of your Holy spirit to know that this is you, that this is not just an emotion. Um, and so um, a little parentheses or side note, um, my dad, he has the gift of tongues and um, I had witnessed it as I was growing up. Um, my mom, she has the gift of dancing in the spirit. And um, so I remember in my prayer, I was, I was weeping and I was just talking to God and the speaker, he kind of made like a, a point to say like, oh, we're, we're going to, um, we're going to all speak in tongues. Like he was kind of preparing the atmosphere and he was saying, I feel the Holy spirit. And I know so many people are going to be delivered. La la la. And he was like, um, he was just kind of literally preparing the atmosphere. And I just remember him saying like, if you want the gift of tongues, like this is your time. Um, so I remember, um, he just kind of like kept building it up and then he just counted to three. And, um, when he's like, as soon as he said three, I just, I remember like, I could understand what I was saying because it didn't, what I was speaking wasn't what I understood. And I don't know if that makes sense, but I knew like in that moment, I was like, oh my gosh, I'm speaking in tongues. (laughs) Um, and so that was my first experience where I feel like from then on, um, there was a shift in my heart and I, I like, it was my first experience where I it was evident that the Holy Spirit was inside of me was around me um and it was when I received my calling uh to missions and um it was just such a beautiful moment I'll never forget it and it was I think and I believe that it has been the fuel um that just kind of keeps me going and keeps my passion for missions going um through all of these years because I am it's going to be 10 years <laughs> since that experience. I'm turning 23. Wow. So it's been a long time, but God has been good and he has been faithful. And I'm just so, so thankful, so honored that he chose me in that moment to just kind of have that experience in that moment with him. Yeah, that's awesome, Carla. Thank you. Now, yes. after that, I'm sure, you know, depending on what school you went to and your high school years and all of that, you know, it's, you know, being a Christian is not easy. And once you have, you know, everybody has also this other misconception that, you know, once you become a Christian, once you've experienced the Holy spirit, you know, all your problems are going to just erase this life and (laughs) it's going to be amazing. But yes, you know, spiritually, when, when you know of the spiritual warfare that comes with having a relationship with God, you know, um, unfortunately, we go through some battles, you know, and mm-hmm. it's with our insecurities, with our physical, you know, physical, whether physical insecurities, internal insecurities, you know, were there any moments in your life, especially like your high school life, in which you kind of had um, these situations with when it came to when it came to insecurities or struggles and how were you able to overcome them? Yes. So absolutely. Um, I, 
I like to believe, and I can say that now with a smile on my face, but I know when I was going through it, I did not feel that way. Yeah. Um, but I believe that God entrusts us with moments in life and with seasons in life. Um, and so I know that he entrusted me with certain struggles because he knew in the future uh, they would benefit me. Um, but um, like I mentioned just a little bit ago, um, so I got my calling for missions. And really uh, what I believe missions is, is because that's I feel like that's a fancy word. Mm -hmm. um, but I feel like it's you're just called to be a servant. You're called to serve people, to love on people and be a mirror of who Jesus um, was when he was here on earth because that's exactly what he was and his mission was to bring us life good life new life um and to um like we hear all the time to cleanse us of our sin um and so um during my high school life i went to the osceola a county school for the arts short okay. for oxa mm -hmm. i studied there my all my four years of high school and i actually did not want to go there at all um but my mom um she uh just had been hearing that for the high school that was like my zone school for where we lived that it just wasn't a good school for a lot of people and you had to be very strong. And I'm thankful now for yeah. her and for that, because I know um, at the time I wasn't as strong as I am now. So even though I didn't want to go to OXA, um, I auditioned. And um, when, when things are meant to be for you, even if you uh, hear a no at first, if it's for you, if God has, put your name on it. It is for you. And it just may take a little bit longer, but I auditioned for dance and I originally did not get accepted to the school. And exactly a week before school started, um, my mom got a phone call saying that someone had withdrawn from the school and I was the first one on the waiting list. Wow. Um, and so I was accepted. And so literally we're like running around for that week and getting all of the school supplies that I needed because this school had uniforms and I needed to get dance equipment and stuff. So um, talk about like God chasing after me, you know, oh, yeah. and taking care of me <laughs> even before I knew it or felt it. Um, so I started school and, um, I think the, the, um, the red thread that is always, um, a part of my life is that I never fit in ever. I was always the loud one, or I was always the church girl that never did anything bad. Um, or that always like played by the rules. I like, it just, it was always that I always stood out. And I would always compare myself. And I think that was my biggest insecurity. I would always compare myself to my friends and their lives. And a lot of them, right, like starting high school, they had boyfriends and they would do this and that and go out. And I was just at home <laughs> with my family. I didn't like um, have those luxuries, um, which I mean, you don't need those. But in the time when you're surrounded by it, you're like, I need it. I can't live without it. Um, but I compared myself a lot. Um, and I think that that deprived me of maybe being able to experience what my true purpose um, was because 
um, now I understand that, you know, there's no way that I will ever reach my fullest potential if I keep chasing over someone else's calling and someone else's um, desires and life, because there's a reason why God made them. And there's a reason why God made me. If he wanted all of us to have the same life and have the same luxuries and the same struggles, he would have made us all exactly the same. And so um, I was always very insecure about myself because I was bullied when I was younger and I was called names. I remember I had braces and people would call me train tracks and they would call me a nerd and whatnot. So my self-esteem was not the best Mm -hmm. at the time. Um, And so, like I said, I was just always the goody two shoes and the good girl. However, Um, even though that sounds super negative, um, and they, a lot of people made it seem negative whenever they needed advice or whenever they needed someone to like, just be real with them and be raw and give them good, like just a good conversation. It was always me that they would come to. Um, and so for a long time, I, I would get so angry. I'm like, why? Like, I don't understand. And I would always um, just question God, like, God, why do you bring these people like, to me, like, like, I know things, I'm the youngest one in the group, like, they're always calling me names. And I don't even know, like, I can't answer their questions. So (laughs) I remember I would come home and talk to my mom and be like, mommy, like, so and so me dijo esto. And I like, I would just and my mom would be like, Oh, my God, this is what I would say. And then I would go back to school the next day and be like, Okay, like, I think that we should talk about this and that. And I actually ended up learning a lot about women in general (laughs) during that season um and I'm the kind of person that like I learn from other people Mm -hmm. I don't necessarily have to experience something myself to like learn from it so I was learning a lot I was genuinely learning a lot from them so um yeah I just I remember trying so hard to fit in and to be part of the in crowd but there was just always something that made me different um and now I celebrate that um but at the time it was just very difficult um because like if you've watched High School Musical and you know about the cliques that is what happened okay and it wasn't just in my school it was like in in my ministry and my church as well like I just felt very um alone very isolated because everyone had their clique their friendship circle and um I was just kind of always by myself and then I when I ended up having like good friends um there was just always that difference and we would always like butt heads sometimes because of the things that they would think and do and I was just always like oh my goodness you should not you like you should need to relax Mm -hmm. (laughs) um so that was I would say um during the majority of my high school and college experience Um, because I believe that it kind of just changed but was still the same thread Mm -hmm. Um, I just my biggest biggest insecurity or my biggest um, struggle was comparing myself comparing my life my friendships um, my success and also my failures to other people and always feeling like I was not enough like I could never amount to be 
what God had called me to do. If it, if missions was it, or if being a leader was it, like my parents, I always felt like I I could never like look at all of these people that have all of these like credentials and experience, and here I am with nothing. Like all I have is just what I've learned so far. Um. So yeah. <laughs> and how were like? What was the breaking point? Because I know like even, and I can testify with this because a lot of what I went through in high school is very similar. It runs parallel with your story because I always tried so hard to be part of like the in crowd in high school. I always tried to, even at church, like be part of a particular group. And yo, it just never happened. I would be so close and then something would happen (laughs) and God would like separate me and (laughs) me apart. I'm like, God, but I'm right there. (laughs) Yes. No, seriously. You know, I can relate. Yeah. Even to this day, like, you know, even as with the titles that I have as a wife and a mother and, you know, as a teacher and as a leader in church, like I still struggle with that red line that you, Mm -hmm. you know, that you mentioned, cause I have that same red line. I always, I still kind of struggle with, with trying to fit in, in a way, mm-hmm. even at my age, you know, and we're yeah. like 10 years apart, but <laughs> I still struggle with that, you know? Yeah. No, I it's want- a very, very common. Um, it's a very, very common struggle. And nowadays it's, it's, you can add on to not just emotionally, but I mean, um, women and young adults and girls, they're comparing their bodies, comparing their eyes are not bright enough. Their eyelashes are not long enough. Their eyebrows are not thick enough. Their bodies are not curvy enough. Mm-hmm. Um, you name it, their yeah. hair is not long enough. And and whoever has short hair longs for long hair. And whoever has long hair wants short hair. Mm-hmm. And whoever has straight wants curly. It's like, it's always that battle of I want this and I'm not good enough. So yeah, I think my breaking point or just the point where uh, I was, I think I was just fed up and I just, I, I didn't understand, but I wanted to understand um, so I remember, um, I actually, um, like I said, a little bit in the beginning, um, I have gone through my fair share of experiences, mm-hmm. both in and out of ministry. And, um, one of the experiences was, unfortunately, I was a little bit hurt by the church. Um, but whoever is listening to us or listening to this conversation, if you have been hurt by the church, um, please, please, please remember that just how you ask for grace when you mess up, when you fall, um, everyone that you feel that has hurt you or wronged you, they also deserve grace. And that is one of the biggest example of who Jesus was. Jesus could have turned away from everyone that called him names that hurt him or didn't believe in him. Um, but those experiences led him closer to those people that were brokenhearted and that he knew needed a saving and, um, he knew that he was the answer. So, um, I'm grateful for my family and I'm grateful that even though I was hurt in ministry, um, that they pushed me to still serve God. And when I felt like I was at my lowest, 
And I was so far away. I remember I would just go in and out of church and I would feel exactly the same. And I knew I just went because my parents were like telling me I had to go. Not because I knew or had a relationship with him at the time. So I was very, 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 very just far away from him. Um, And um, one of the pastors at the church um, announced one of the Sundays that he was opening up a church. And um, I had always been close to that specific pastor and my family as well. And I remember I told my, I was, I was already um, in college. So um, I remember I spoke to my parents and I was like, I feel like God is calling me here and I'm going to go visit. They have their, their first service coming up and I'm just going to go visit and see. And when I tell you that God makes like special appointments with us, because I remember as soon as I stepped out of my car at the time I went with my grandma, she started going to the church with me and we stepped out of the car. And from the moment I started walking through the hallway and everyone started hugging me and telling me they loved me. And I was like, you don't even know who I am. Love is a (laughs) strong word. Don't tell me you love me. You don't love me. Um, But I just remember feeling so at home, so warm and welcomed. And um, I, um, I, the service went through and, and everything was fine. And I just knew God had called me to that place. Um, so fast forward, I'm still, you know, kind of like not at my breaking point or my breakthrough, but I was trying. And I think God, like I said, in the beginning, God had something with me and he just kept placing me in these positions. And it was just like, someone would look at me and be like, Oh my gosh, like, I I see you just like being the leader of the dance ministry. And I'm like, what? (laughs) Wait, I've never even like led one person. What do you mean you want me to lead a ministry? Mm -hmm. And like, I, I'm, I just became a member at this church. And so, um, I remember, um, just struggling with that, but pushing through and honestly trusting God that he would equip me with what I needed. Um, and so I remember the, uh, there's this conference that happens, um, at our sister church in Chicago. And, um, it was my second year that I went and I went in with all the questions for God. I was like, God, um, you keep putting me in these places and I don't even want these places. Like, I don't even know why you keep telling these people to trust in me. And I just, I feel like I'm not worthy. And all of the, those things that were inside of me when I was younger just kind of started coming up to the surface again. Um, and I remember I was just going in with so many questions. And one of them was just, God, like, what is my purpose? Like, what is my calling? I know that you called me to missions, but I just don't understand. Like, um, you know, I, I tr- I've been trying to go to missions trips and I just, I don't know. And he um, had actually at the time already um allowed me to go on missions on two mission strips at the time so glory to god for that (laughs) um but at the specific conference um i just remember in one of the sessions um joyce mayer meyer i never Mm -hmm. say her last name correctly but she was the person yes she was the person that was giving the session um and i just remember 
um, hearing the audible voice of God just calling me to leadership. He was like, you were called for such a time like this. Like I have surrounded you with the people that I have. I have placed you in the places that I have because you were, you were meant for that. Like this, you were meant to be a leader. You were meant to be. Um, and he said this very big, crazy, outrageous word pastor and I was like no way no way like I don't want it like no and I remember again me fighting God I'm like that by the way those never work okay never fight God it doesn't work Mm -hmm. um but I just remember being like God I can't be a pastor like I can't be a leader I can't be a preacher I don't even I know like I was like that's not me like those are other people Mm -hmm. other people have that capacity but I don't Um, and so I just remember him humbling me and, um, equipping me and just basically telling me like, you don't need to have those requirements because just an open heart and, and a servanthood heart, which is what missions in general is about. Um, Mm -hmm. like I said, um, is going to be enough. Um, and so you fast forward all of those years. And here I am, I have experienced his favor and his grace, like never in my entire life. And um, I can say without a shadow of a doubt that he is faithful and he is good. And there's no other possible way that I am here talking to you, Ceci, Um, (laughs) if it wasn't because, because his hand has been all over all over every single idea I have, every single um, goal that I've had uh, professionally or on my education side or ministry wise or anything. Like I remember for one of the missions trips, um, I believe it was like the second one, the first or second one. I remember I started to fundraise and I was a little skeptical. I was like, that's a lot of money. I don't know if I can fundraise that. Mm -hmm. But God literally, like before the deadline, God touched so many people's lives and hearts to donate. And I had enough to go on the missions trips and take a little bit extra to cover food and all of that stuff. Um, So yeah, he's been faithful. And if I, I know we don't have like all the time in the world, but even in my education, like I said, I, I'm a pharmacy technician, but I decided I wanted to go to technical school. So I went to school and God provided you guys, technical school is not like one easy and it's not cheap. Mm -hmm. Um, and I went in just trusting that, that, that feeling I had in my heart was, from God. And he absolutely confirmed that it was from God. And I didn't just go through school, but I finished with amazing grades. I was honored um, to be the keynote speaker or the student speaker for graduation. Um, And I, the job I have right now was not, um, something that I pushed for was not something that I um, had to struggle with or fight for. It was literally word of mouth. Um, My teacher and the pharmacy manager at my site, um, they had been in contact with each other and the technicians, I had gone to the place to volunteer for a while, side note. Um, But 
the technicians that had worked with me were constantly asking him, hey, how's Carla doing? Hey, are you going to bring her on? Like, hey, and guys, that doesn't happen um, Mm -hmm. out of the normal, okay? That's not a normal thing. Um, And obviously, I didn't know all those things. But now that I am where I am, um, he's blessed me. And he's blessed me with a business that I never thought I would have. (laughs) I never in a million years said, oh, yeah, I'm going to be a business owner. Um, But even in my business, he has blessed me with the most amazing group of men and women um, that are not there just to support me, but they're there to push me and keep me accountable. And I love being a part of their growth individually and their lives and their success. Um, And so, yeah, I feel like I've been rambling, but it's just a lot, you guys. And I hope that when you hear it, and um, I think I told Ceci this when we spoke our last time, I hope when you hear stories like mine or um, when you hear stories in general um, of people that are giving their testimony, that you don't take it in a boastful way because I'm not saying it to feel like, or to make you feel like I'm better than you. I think I'm saying it, or I believe that I'm saying it so that you can feel like I'm just like you. I go through things. Okay. Like I may be where I am now, but I know what it's like to be lonely and sad and to struggle and to feel like all these people are getting all of these things and I don't have those things. Um, And so um, I hope that this helps you listener um, to understand that, man, stay the part, keep being consistent, um, love yourself and love everything that God has entrusted you with. And I think that's such a crazy way to put it. And I just like learned it or just decided to change my perspective on it. Um, one of the times that I was having a devotional with, with God and he just kind of let me know, like, I've entrusted you with that struggle because I know that you're strong enough to go through it. Um, and so, yeah, (laughs) that's wonderful. That's so wonderful, Carla. I'm, Everything that you say, everything that you have shared with me is just just a reminder of of just the favor of God. And I feel like as Christians, we forget that because we are believers, we have that favor in every single aspect of our lives, um, in our jobs. If you've wondered why, you know, maybe something happened at your job and you didn't get cut or I don't know or you didn't get in trouble for it, that's favor. Yeah. If you, <laughs> you know what I mean? Like, yes. if you're in school and, okay, you didn't fail the test. Well, this is not a good example. Um, <laughs> let me not go there. Students, don't learn. <laughs> yeah, don't learn. You have to study because you got to put in the practice. But, um, <laughs> let's say you're in school and something happens and you weren't affected. That's the favor of God. You know, like yeah. there's just so many things that, God does in mysterious ways. And it's just to remind us of his power and his grace that he has upon us. So I just, you know, everything that you mentioned, you know, just, it just also to our listeners, like you don't have to have this elaborate testimony where you had problems or you had, you know, any type, you don't, Because a lot of people feel that they need to have this type of story in order to bless others. But, 
you know, if you just have a story, regardless mm-hmm. of whatever you went through, you have a story. Yes. So yes. Carla, thank you. And thank you so much for sharing and, and shining your light because girl, you have no idea. I'd be following <laughs> you. And I'm like, Ooh, this girl, she's so good. She's so good. I gotta get her on here. Cause your, your light radiates even through social media. So God is using in a mighty way. And I guess my last question um, for you before, before we, we end our meeting is, um, you know, what word of encouragement would you give to someone who's having a tough time, you know, dealing with comparison or thinking that God doesn't have a plan for them? You know, yeah. what, what would you tell our listeners? So um, two things. So I have something like a quote, I guess, to share. Yeah. Um, yeah. And I also have a Bible verse to share, which is a very common one, but I'm still going to share it. Mm-hmm. So to you, listener, that you may, whatever it is that you're going through, whether you're feeling stuck, whether you're feeling like you're comparing yourself like I was a long time ago and like Ceci shared that she um, experienced. And I, let me just be clear. Um, God has delivered me from that, but I'm still human. And sometimes I still do compare myself and I'm like, I don't know why. Um, but I think um, my relationship with God right now is so much more different than it was back then. So God is very quick to just be like, Hey, you know, I have something for you. Yeah. Um, so to you who is listening, um, I just want to encourage you with these words that I heard actually from, um, Rich Wolferson Jr. And, um, a sermon that I was listening from him. And it's that, um, when you ask God, for a blessing, you usually ask God for the big thing. So, um, like, let's say it's a job. So God, I want a job. I want a new job, or I want a raise in my job, or I want the big thing. Um, and God gives you an opportunity to train someone at your job, maybe, but it's not a raise or it's not a new job. Um, and to you, it might seem like, God, that's not what I wanted. And so God actually is entrusting you with a seed. Um, and a lot of the times we want God to give us the big tree and you just want it to already be bloomed with all the flowers and all the fruits. Mm -hmm. And you don't want to go through the process of having to plant the seed and water the seed and grow it and cut the weeds out. Um, And so know and understand that God is entrusting you with a seed and that if you feel stuck, you are not buried because when you have a seed, you don't bury the seed, you plant the seed. Yes. And so in the season that you're in, in the space that you're in with the people that you're around, make sure that you're growing your roots that you are planting yourself, that you are, that other people can rely on you because of how planted and rooted you are in the word of God and who you are and who God has called you to be. Because like I said in the beginning, you, if God wanted all of us to be the same, he would have made us all the same, Mm -hmm. but he made us all different because all of us have a special something to do in this world. So understand um, that God is entrusting you with a seed and you don't just bury the seed you plant the seed and it takes work and it takes consistency and it takes love and it takes sometimes lots of tears and struggle but it's worth it um and i wanted to share a bible verse in 
um, oh my gosh, hold on. I'm going to look it up right now. It's here. Okay. So the Bible verse is in Matthew chapter six and it's verses, it starts in verse 26. Um, but it says, look at the birds of the air. They do not sow or reap or store away in barns. And yet your heavenly father feeds them. Are you not much more valuable than they? Can any one of you by worrying add a single hour to your life? And why do you worry about clothes? See how the flowers on the field grow. They do not labor or spin. Yet I tell you that not even Solomon in all his splendor was dressed like one of these. If that is how God clothes the grass of the fields, which is here today and tomorrow is thrown into the fire, Will he not much more clothe you, you of little faith? So do not worry saying, what shall we eat or what shall we drink or what shall we wear? For the pagans run after all these things and your heavenly father knows that you need them. But seek first his kingdom and his righteousness and all these things will be given to you as well. Therefore, do not worry about tomorrow for tomorrow will worry about itself. Each day has enough struggle of its own. And so that's a really big chunk of Bible. And if you want to break it up and you want to talk about it, you can follow me and DM me and we'll talk about it. But a short version of that, um, which is what I want to really just leave all of us with, and it's a lesson for me as well. I'm not perfect and I'm still learning this. Um, but like I said, in the image of the seed and the big tree, um, man, stop worrying so much about other people's calling and other people's lives and other people's things that they have and you don't have. Because again, I'm going to say it again, God created you with a purpose. And because he created you with a purpose, he is going to take care of you. And even in your lowest of lows, he's taking care of you and he's protecting you from something or he's, he wants to give you more, but he's entrusting you with this season because the more requires you to have that callous in your heart or in, in your life so that it now, when you go into that season, you're like, okay, I know what I, what I can do, what I can't do. Um, and so man, understand that when you seek him, first of all, you have all your answers. (laughs) And second of all, there's not a moment wasted. There's not a season wasted because he, he's not just throwing you away, but he's giving you good fertile ground to grow and to be better. Um, so yeah. <laughs> Beautiful. I love that. That ministered to me so much. Thank, thank you so much, Carla. Absolutely. Well, there you have it. <laughs> <laughs> thank you so much, Carla, for sharing your story with us, for sharing your experiences and, you know, just showing us that we have favor, you know, and that we are not buried. We are pleased. Yes. And thank you all for tuning into Benevolence where kindness matters and all are welcome to the table. Make sure to follow me on Instagram at Benevolence Podcast. Benevolence Podcast is available on iTunes, Google Play, Spotify, TuneIn, iHeart, or wherever you get your podcasts. And stay tuned for next Monday's episode of Benevolence. You don't want to miss it. Bye!